There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Good afternoon. Hello there. It's the Lori and Julia Show, My Talk 1071, everything entertainment. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Julia has lost her voice. So she is not with us today, so we are very happy that we were able to uh, impose on Holly Roberts to stick around for a few more hours. That's right. Thank you so much. I'm side-eyeing my little friend's uh, lack of voice. It was... She's got a habit of <laughs> being sick on the day she's leaving on a trip or coming home from, from a trip. Although yesterday she was saying she wasn't feeling well. And I said, bring your Perel because you're going to be traveling and spreading your germs everywhere along with all the other people who yeah. are germ- And remember the trays. Oh, nasty. The TSA trays. Sanitize yourself. Yeah. No, I did. Um, Casey and I left for Mexico. I had my hand wipe and I clean, I wiped it out and then I put my carry on bag. Because why should I get all that gunk yeah. on the bottom of my bag? What my kind of bag? footwear do you wear when you're going through TSA? I, well, I, t- I have TSA pre checked so you can keep your shoes on. Good because yeah. there's nothing that the, creeps me out. The more. bare feet people. Oh! The bare feet people. No, don't. No. I, oh, wear the socks when you're going to and from the airport, and, and then bring your change of shoes yeah, and your carry on. Yeah, oh, no. yeah, yeah. But anyway, she was saying yesterday. She so, did say that. I know, yes, but I'm kind of giving her crap because well, she does course. have a little habit of this. And then her sister is like. We don't want her coming out here and getting our whole oh, family sick. Because if you have like even a bad cold at seven oh, yeah. to ten days. Yeah, don't be patient zero yeah. for your family. And I just said, you know, it's Thanksgiving. Spread the joy around. Yeah. Look at you, Lori. Make the whole family sick. I know. Sick. I was going to give her a ride to the airport tonight. I already gave another friend a ride uh, to the airport this morning. It wasn't too crazy this morning. But, um, of course, all the morning shows... We're having the traffic and holiday traffic, both air and car, Mm -hmm. as well as weather, Woody. Big time. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Big time, because the East Coast, listen, it's going to be 44 here on Thursday. Yeah. People could play touch football and stuff outside, go for walks. Seven degrees in in New York City. City is. They said so. They are getting what we've already had. Yeah, they're having really, really January like uh, temperatures. And my girlfriend, who I dropped off this morning, she said, "I'm going to be more cold in New York City the entire time I'm there than I am here." You know who I always feel bad for are the Macy's Day. 
Oh, um, that's right. All the people the, handling the big giant balloons. The, and Diana Ross is singing. How is Diana Ross going to sing on her float in seven degree temperature? Would somebody tell me that? She's going to pre-tape it. Yeah. She's not even going to be on the okay. parade route. Oh, all she'll that. be on it, but well, it'll be okay. I see what you're saying. Yes. There's a little bit of uh, television magic, magic that's involved with yeah. the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Anyway, but... Um, yeah, it wasn't wasn't too terribly busy, but they had the traffic guys out there and just moving things along and you know, but tomorrow they said it's going to be nuts. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, are we're Donnie's going out of town, you staying in town? I'm staying in town. I'm not traveling. It's I kind of like it that way. I've Love never traveled for Thanksgiving and plus growing up, my parents worked in the airlines. Yeah. And so working on Thanksgiving was always a get. By the way, I met somebody who knows your mom oh, I'm sure uh, you when d- I was I'm at sure the Delta Sky Lounge. That's right. She asked me, she said, oh, you work with Holly. You know, her mom used to be in charge of the uh, Delta Sky Lounges. And I'm like, well, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yes, she's she did. Said, I don't oh. know what other, what her big job is there now, if you want to say uh, or whatever. She doesn't work at Delta. She actually works for a company called Sky Team, which is the airline alliance. You know, yes, like yes, that. all of them. And so now she, my mom, goes around the world. And makes the lounges yes. for Sky Team. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she nice. like. Oh yeah, and they're you know very nice. Oh yeah, yeah, those oh, lounges. Yeah. Get your nice. get your nice little cocktail and your cheese and crackers. Yeah. And oh it, man. And and then after all my, I wanted to watch the little drummer boy with Alexander Skarsgård yeah. on AMC so bad. The first two episodes were last night. It's like the Night Manager, just six episodes. Casey and I. We just couldn't resist. We had two episodes of Ray Donovan, and that has just been one of our longtime favorite. Try watch it in real time. We had two episodes to watch. I love Lee Schreiber, and I live for uh, his dad, Mickey Donovan, played by John Voight. Are these new episodes? Yeah, this is new. I think it's just started like a month ago. Mm-hmm. Ray Donovan has been one of those shows on Showtime where I think the first year it was on, it came on in the summer. And then, you know, it doesn't ever seem to, it kind of, it's like whenever the filming is done, they, yeah. they've moved to New York. You got to catch it when it happens and yeah. they're not on any kind of schedule. Yeah. And then um, Susan Sarandon it plays, um, she's got an amazing part as uh, she's the head of a studio oh, head and Ray Donovan nice. is her fixer. And yeah. Anyway, it's that show. I mean, Donnie, you don't have Showtime, but I, does Ray Donovan come no, on Netflix I, I, yet? I, I do have it, but it's just not something I've ever gotten into. Uh, I'm surprised, I Donnie. Too. I feel it's like that of, would be a show uh, that you like. Too much, yeah. too I watched an too episode of Sally Forever on HBO and last night. Two. Donnie, you watched two? Yeah, not for me. Yeah, I assumed as much. <laughs> <laughs> it's really dry. So Sally Forever is a show that uh, Julia Davis, she is the woman who wrote the original British version of Camping that's on right now, that okay. Leah Dunham thing. The, that's failing. Yeah, it's really dry. It's very British and very Did you mm, like awkward. it? Awkward, yes. But I like awkward, uncomfortable humor. Yeah. And it's just, ooh, it, they, the British just go to places where it, you just put your face up and you watch in between your fingers and it's hilarious. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So what's it called? Sally Forever. Yeah, I did see a HBO. trailer for that, for that show and and I just thought, well, that looks like a, like a, like, a, are we taking mushrooms right now watching this? I mean, <laughs> just, the yeah, visual, yeah. just the yeah. visuals <laughs> of that weird. show yes. were so crazy. Like the, uh, we, we finished watching Homecoming before we left, went to Mexico and 
that was so Hitchcockian the way they did the visuals on that show. Mm-hmm. I, I can't think of it any other way of describing like it, and I think that might be why some people didn't like it. Do you really need a two minute pan of all the stairs and how they go up in the windows. But that was like a Hitchcock thing where yes, he would yes, kind of so. make this big visual. Yeah. I don't know. I really yeah. liked Homecoming. I thought it was. Yeah, I, I thought just, was the good. ending was like, hey, really? Hey, are you going to watch it, uh, yeah. I think I am going to watch it. The yeah. episodes are short, right? They are. Half They're hour. only a half, half hour. hour. It's yeah. just an interesting uh, premise. And Julia Roberts is, she's she's amazing in it. Cool. I mean, she's really good. All right, listen, we come back. It's our story we can't get enough of. It involves music. We're so excited. Uh, We have loved this song all summer long. I want to give a shout out to our Twitter friend, Full Nels, who tweeted, uh, tweeted us last night that Time Magazine put out the 10 best songs of 2018 uh, a couple days ago. And number 10 on the list was Lizzo. Yay! The song Boys. You know, the album isn't even out. She just released this single this summer. I didn't know that. Yeah, so the album isn't out. And the, Here's what Time Magazine writes. No one has more fun than Minneapolis rapper Lizzo, whose bold, bouncy boys celebrate sexuality and self-love over a funky beat. Lizzo's trademark is upbeat feminist anthems, and they're badly needed right now amid so much turmoil yeah her boundless positivity is a light in the dark i love, love her it. so much the song is great the video the video follow lizzo on social media because she's she's, so, a, she's amazingly wonderful and yeah. she will bring a smile to your day yeah she did today she said she had her um flower and that's a euphemism and her state of mind reupholstered or something. It was absolutely hysterical. <laughs> a little self-care happening there yeah. for Lizzo. And the Lizzo, the boys video, I mean, really an homage, not only the way the song flows and everything to Prince, but even where that video is filmed in front of the Schmidt uh, Music Center with, you know, the Prince, where that iconic photograph was taken of right, him right, of the music. Right, yeah. Other songs that made Time Magazine's top. Now, this is songs of 2018. Um, was Mac Miller, self-care. Oh, yeah. And, of course, he died just a month after releasing his album Swimming, and self-care is the standout on that one. Ariana Grande, Thank You, Next, mm-hmm. this, that, which is a good song, her kind of breakup song about um, Pete Davidson, Childish, Gambino, This Is America, and then um, a song called uh, by Christine and the Queens called Girlfriend. I don't know that song. She's a French performer. And I guess this song is dazzlingly funky. It's called Girlfriend and kind of has a Michael Jackson flex to it. And uh, it's featured Damn Funk is the rapper that's featured on it. But she's a French performer by the name of Eloise Latissier. Fantastic. And her band is Christine and the Queens, and the song is Girlfriend. I'll have to go check it out. Yeah, so Donnie, maybe you can find it. I don't know. But- I'll get it. That's kind of fun, but before you do that, before we move on to that, okay. my my ever-ending love affair with Snoop Dogg. Just, it's never, I don't see how it does could he, possibly Does he know end. about this, Lori, or well, is it just uh... <laughs> I was one of the few people that watched, you know, his reality show. I absolutely just loved his reality show. I remember when he re- 
wrote the theme song for One Life to Live. I just get a kick out of him. I haven't been able to get into his Martha Stewart cooking show. That one's a little forced. It, yeah. It's too put together and yeah. too cutesy. Yeah. yeah. It does. I'd rather see Snoop cooking with like other people coming yeah. in the kitchen, but um, he got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Well, congratulations. <laughs> Snoop G- Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel did one of the introductions. Here's a little bit of Snoop Dogg uh, accepting his award. Snoop Dogg is getting his star. Yeah. I'm telling you. And who deserves one more than Snoop Dogg? Probably no one. On the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Now, he unveiled it during a special ceremony with his family and friends and a few Aww. famous faces around in attendance. Celebrities uh, there were Dr. Gray, Dre, mm-hmm. Quincy Jones, Pharrell was there, Jimmy Kimmel was there. Uh, now, after paying tribute to all those who helped him along the way, and he did, but this is my favorite quote ever, ever, ever. Here's Snoop thanking the very special person. I want to thank me. <laughs> I want to thank me for believing in me. I want to thank me for doing all this hard work. I want to thank me for having no days off. I want to thank me for for never quitting. I want to thank me for just being me at all times. (laughs) I thank you, Snoop, for being you, because what would the world be without... Just Snoop D-O-double-G. Yeah, and you know, I don't know if he is still married, if Calvin, otherwise known as Snoop Dogg, if he is still married, you know, to... I want to say he is. Yes, he has been married to Shantae, his wife, since 1997. Yeah, he calls her boss lady, is what he called her on the show. And he, on his um, very funny reality show that he had for like just two or three seasons... He had a Snoop Dogg house. I mean, it was like literally like a look like a tool shed. Nice tool shed. A nice one, yes. And that was his man cave where I think, you know. Why wouldn't you? Where the Snoop uh, Where the, um, maybe happening. the hot boxing was happening out in the shed. I want to thank me for being, it's just classic. But he really, he he posted a really cute picture of himself and he looked great yeah anyway there were there were people were lined up like very very early in the morning on uh the on hollywood boulevard of course have you ever watched anyone get their walk of fame have you ever seen that i mean besides just walking on the boulevard and seeing no i've never actually seen anyone receive their star on the hollywood walk of fame yeah i guess you know somebody like snoop dogg it would be backed up a long time and then it's just you know i can just see some photographs of that but walking down the hollywood walk of fame it's real long and there are so many people that you have no heck idea yeah who they I are. you're it. like who is this and then i feel bad i'm like oh your star has been a little neglected here down a that's right that's right and he <laughs> also he also wants people to make sure we get a copy of his new cookbook called from cook no from crook to cook it's available now oh, okay <laughs> there you go okay let's see what 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 other did you find that song by any chance yeah i'm having to review the lyrics oh. i'm bradley trainer and i'm don mcclain we have a podcast called blinded by the item a blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out it's a guessing game and you can play along the item might be like this a-list star carries a birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. 
Okay, oh, so, yes. So because it might a be little, a little uh, dirty. Yeah, I can't do it right now. Okay, so it's called Christine and the Queen's Girlfriend, and yeah. Time named it the number one best song of 2018. But we're real happy that uh, Lizzo um, is representing, representing at number 10 on, num- on and, the list. And Childish Gambino, This is America. I mean, that is oh, an yeah, amazing song. And Julia and I were lucky enough to get a see him perform that at the radio festival that we go to that we went to in September. Oh yes, yeah. so you got to see Donald Glover before he broke his foot because he's yes. been canceling a lot of gigs the later part of this year because he dances barefoot in just pants and no shirt on stage like that's the look that he's going for. The yeah. same look in the in the in music the video. video. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. Is America. So anyway, so that's happening in a little other uh music news. Uh Paisley Park is starting a program with the Minneapolis Public schools, one of the things I remember, um, uh, like this was a six, about six months after Prince died and Sheila E. did a benefit for all these different um, charities that Prince just wrote checks to every year. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like he just wrote money, you know, so then when he died without a will, you know, so it was like for passionate about, you know, uh, getting... Uh, musical instruments into kids' hands yeah. and kids that have an aptitude for math and science. He was just very interested in giving back to... And he did it all the, under the radar, all too. All under the radar. So you never knew yeah, about no. it. So Paisley Park is partnering with the Minneapolis Public Schools to allow students free access to his museum and music education opportunities. And it's going to start with the Fair School in downtown Minneapolis. And so we don't know... A lot. That's called fine arts interdisciplinary resource. So maybe it's sort of like the fame high school school in Minneapolis. So anyway, he was, uh, you know, a very strong advocate about the arts and he did it all quietly and without uh, any publicity or whatever. So, and, and then uh, the, the, uh, the guy that's trying to say he's the one true heir to the prince's state, um, you know, he's probably going to. Take the DNA test and they're just oh. going to say goodbye. Yeah, I, yeah. Goodbye. goodbye. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Bye. Hey, when we come back, we're really excited. Leif Anger is joining us. His book, Virgil Wander. We're going to talk to him about it. It's amazing. Um, New York Times bestselling author. A free sample. Now a trend has emerged. This is the My Talk Now Trending Report. What's happening right now? Trending online this afternoon, uh, Frankie Muniz trending, not because his cat turned on the faucet and flooded his house. No, he got engaged. Congratulations. Also, trending online would be the Netflix show Dogs, and now uh, that is very popular. It debuted over the weekend, and now people are filming their dogs, watching dogs, and it's all very adorable and cute. Uh, Also trending online this afternoon would be Avril Lavigne. She performed her song Head Above Water during last night's uh, season finale of Dancing with the Stars. And also trending online this afternoon would be Netflix down. Apparently Netflix down again this afternoon, but hopefully it's back up so you can go and stalk your junior high boyfriend on the internet once more. That's what's trending here at my talk. Uh, the annual uh, Santa Project presented by Chris Lindahl Real Estate is getting underway with a broadcast coming up next week at the Chan S. and Dinner Theater with Lori and Julia. That's Tuesday, November 27th. And of course, uh, we want you to bring a toy or a gift, which we will then pass on to the Ronald McDonald House Charities in time for the holidays. We've got a lot of these broadcasts lined up. Use the keyword Santa at mytalk1071.com and you will... Anger joining us for his third novel, Virgil Wander. Hi, Leaf. How are you? Hi, Leaf. 
Hey, thanks for having me. Thank, thank you so much. Um, I I don't know about Holly or Donnie, but I read um, both your previous two books, Peace Like a River and So Brave Young and Handsome. And damn it, why did you make us wait 10 years <laughs> for the next book, which is Virgil Wander? You're such a good writer. Hey, thanks so much. I mean, the short answer is um, that I, I took a long time because I wrote it twice and I had to throw the first one away and start again. Uh, you know what? I think I did read that in your interview, maybe with Lori Herzl at the Star yep. Tribune, that all mm-hmm. you kept was the opening scene of the book. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, give people the setup of Virgil Wander, uh, your latest novel, which sure. I'm sure is selling out at bookstores because it really is just five stars. So good. Well, Virgil is uh, Virgil Wander is the owner and um, uh, an operator of a small failing movie theater in a failing town on the North Shore of Lake Superior, just up the shore from where I live in Duluth. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been intrigued by the North Shore, and you know, there's so many beautiful places up there and beautiful small towns where it's not easy to make a living. Mm-hmm. And um, this idea of a man running a, a theater almost as a community service uh, for the you know six to ten people a night who buy tickets um, just intrigued me and, and sounded like a uh, something I wanted to explore. So it's about a man who. Um, who gets a second chance in life after he drives off the road off historic Highway 61 and lands in Lake Superior and, um, and loses chunks of his memory, loses chunks of his speech, um, loses the ability to describe, and, um, and, and, and the way he learns to look at the world through new eyes. I know. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of, I mean, I, I basically, by the middle of the book, was really having a crush on Virgil and thinking, how has he stayed single all these years in this town, <laughs> which reminds me of Grant. I, I pictured Grand Marais when I'm reading the book. Yeah, well, it, it has a lot of common Tofty. Grand Marais. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say that it, it's, um, it's maybe a bit less prosperous than Grand Marais. Right, <laughs> right. Okay, so, you know, your books, you, I mean... Like, it's hard to describe sometimes, like, what your books are about, because I think one of the beauty, I think, of what you write about is that you write just sort of about life and and the ordinary ways about it that are big and small. And so they're really rich. It's hard to boil it down into a tagline. It really, yeah, yeah it really is. And uh, But I think, you know, your the way you write, I, you almost have to, sometimes you, I just have to stop and I have to read the sentence again. You're, oh, I mean, You know, I, if, if I could, uh, if I could give a shot at boiling this book down, I would say that it's something like this. Um, I, I don't think there's anyone I know who has not wished for a second chance mm-hmm. or a third or a fourth or a fifth. Um, and I think that sometimes the best second chances are presented to us not as actual choices, but they're thrust on us. They don't feel maybe like a second chance. Mm-hmm. Maybe they feel like something terrible mm-hmm. has happened. Um, and that's what happens to Virgil, um, and he sees a way to make it into a, a meaningful second chance. Uh, and it was enormous fun to write because I felt, I felt like I needed a second chance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and so I, I, I felt like I needed to write my way to one. And uh, I think that a lot of writers like me tend to write exactly what we need yeah. at that moment, and that's what I needed. Well, I mean, I know you've been on this huge uh, book tour. I think you've got one more 
like a Park Rapids, maybe in yeah, December? It's, uh, it's been a pretty busy fall. I was on the road for pretty much two months. <laughs> um, and there are a few local events. I'm going to um, Park Rapids, like mm-hmm. you said, I think mm-hmm. December, the, I think that's the first um, at Beagle Books, which is a wonderful bookstore in Park Rapids, Beagle Books and Bindery. Yes, yeah, Saturday, um, December yes. 1st at 12 noon. At 12 noon, Saturday the 1st. And then on the 5th, um, I'm going to Barnes & Noble uh, at the Galleria. Oh, good. Um, which is, uh, I'm sure, going to be a good event. What evening. What is, okay, because, so, I mean, you really, you go, you've gone all over the country and you're at the Miami Book Fair. Is there one question that you've gotten over and over about Virgil Wander besides what the heck why did it take you so long for people who are like avid readers of yours? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the biggest question um, that comes is uh, first, uh, where have you been? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, and, and second is probably uh, second most asked question if I'm being totally honest mm-hmm. is what is your process? I mean, what, what yeah, do, you yeah. do? do you do? You get up in the morning and write early. Do you do you edit the what you wrote the day before? Uh, you know, it's it sounds like kind of a tedious question, but I think a lot of people who come out to book events are, are working on something themselves, and yeah. they want to mm-hmm. know what worked for me. Uh, and and so you know, uh, to to answer that briefly, uh, I get up in the morning at six thirty or seven, and I go to work, and I. I I start by working on the previous day's prose. Um, so if, if I wrote a batch of pages yesterday that I need to throw out today or to change in some meaningful way, I do that first. I give myself an hour, maybe two hours tops to work over yesterday's stuff, and then I embark on new territory. Uh, so that's my process, and that's what seems to work for me. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, um, yeah. And so you find that so writing in that way sets you up in a way that you can tell the stories that you want to tell, and maybe it, find inspiration. What I guess I'm trying to say is that it sounded like this was a very cathartic experience for you writing this book. It was very cathartic. Yeah. Um, you know, it really was. Part of what happened was. You know, I was going through kind of a difficult time that everybody goes through in, in middle age, mm-hmm. and that is losing your parents, losing your in-laws. Um, all this was unfolding at the same time as my own kids were, were growing up and, um, you know, finding um, people to marry and having kids of their own. Uh, it's, it is a, it's a strange place to be, and I felt very lonesome. Yeah. Um, and so I, I invented a community that I felt like I needed. Yeah, well, I, I love, I mean, the characters are just so wonderful. And the other thing, and I think I could say this for both Holly and Donnie and I, because we're all big movie fans, and one of the parts of the story is that Virgil owns the Empress Theater in this small yep. town, and he is this cachet, if you will, of celluloid film that really is not supposed to be there. He doesn't really own it. He got it through the theater. Is is that like a real thing that does happen? And is that how sometimes stuff resurfaces? Yeah, that is, that is something that occasionally happens. Um, I, I did some research about this. And as you can imagine, it's sort of hard to find information about illegal films because no one who owns one uh, wants to wants anyone else to know about it. Um, you know, you, there are certain films you can own legally, but most of these 35-millimeter prints, celluloid prints, mm-hmm. um, are 
things that belong to the studios. And right. if you find one in private hands, it's probably illegal. Back in the late 60s and early 70s, before the VCR revolution, um, there were a number of projectionists that um, that would pick up some extra cash by going to the homes of, you know, rich people, um, generally in, you know, the Hollywood Hills, right. in Los Angeles, um, and, and projecting movies in the, the basement studios of sometimes, you know, movie people and executives, more often sort of lawyers, kind of high-powered movers and shakers in the L.A. business. Um, and they would, they would go and project the films uh, for whatever party was being held in whatever private residence. Well, oftentimes then, those, those prints would end up in the hands of, for example, the projectionist. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and so it was, it was fun to imagine what would have happened to a particularly um, fun collection that some projectionist had, had acquired over the period of, you know, eight or ten years. Yeah. Um, and so I had a lot of fun kind of developing that storyline and figuring out, you know, how could that be useful to someone like Virgil Wander? Um, how could that be something that he would really enjoy uh, and then have to figure out what he was going to do? In some ways, it's a development of Virgil's own sort of social conscience. It is, and yeah. I wanted it to be so true that you write about a scene where he screens Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, and in it yeah. is a scene that's not in the movie that's cut out with Catherine Ross and Paul right. Newman. I want that story to be true so bad. Well, that is true. It is? Yeah. Um, that's one of the things that I came across when I was doing research was that George Roy Hill had cut out of that movie a scene in which uh, Butch, Sundance, and Etta Place are in Bolivia. They go to a movie theater, a very primitive movie theater, and, and what's playing on the, on the screen is a movie about Butch and Sundance. So it gets very meta. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and, and apparently Butch um, is, is very pleased by this, but Sundance is like, that ain't how it was. That's not how it was. And, uh, and he cut this out of the film. I'm not sure why. Few people alive have actually seen that clip. I don't know if it still exists. Okay. But wow. it was shot, and he did take it out. It landed on the cutting room floor. So it was fun to imagine that Virgil actually has that piece of cellular. Yeah, yeah. I just see, I mean, that's kind of the detail in your story writing. I think that just makes, uh, you know, reading your books just a, just, just a real pleasure. Oh, thanks so much. That's nice to hear. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, we, we really, yes. we really did. And, um, now is it going to be another 10 years before you write another book? Or are you deep into your, ne- you <laughs> got inspiration? I know it. I know it. <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, okay. An idea I'm quite excited about. Okay. I'm making notes for it as fast as I can. And I'm looking forward to jumping into the writing over the winter. Yeah, okay. Great. And then we ask all of our authors that are on. Because we know sometimes you guys get uh, advanced copies, or maybe we just. What was the last great book that you read that you loved? Oh, I'm I'm reading an advanced copy right now of a book. I hope everyone will get a hold of. Um, and that is, it's uh, it's not out yet. I'm not even sure when it comes out, but it's by a poet and essayist named Ross Gay, um, and it's called The Book of Delights. And it's just a uh, it's a collection of very short essays. Um, this writer. Um, loves to write about things that make him happy. And oh. so the book is, um, I mean, that sounds like it would be like Pollyanna or something. No, not really at all. Not it's, at it's all. It's quite poignant. It's quite sad. It's incredibly beautiful all the way through. 
And I took that book with me on book tour and just doled out a couple of these mini essays a day for my own pleasure. Oh, nice. Um, so The Book of Delights by Ross Gay. Ross Gay. All right, thank you. Thank and you. and uh, leave, thank you so much uh, for being with us. We, I guess I didn't need hey. to put on all that extra deodorant. I was just like all verklempt about talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, because really, if people have read Peace Like a River or So Young... And handsome. If you haven't read those books, they're really amazing. And Virgil Wander, you know, really amazing. Five star. We just loved it. Oh, thanks so much. It's a pleasure to be on your show. I, I uh, hope to do it um, again in the yeah, next few years. Your, your next book, you got it. And if you're right. ever in, in town, we want you to just come into the studio so right. we can meet you. I'd love to do that. Thanks okay. so much for having me on. Okay, no, thank you, Leaf. Again, the book is Virgil Wander. We've got a couple copies to give away. Um, And when we come back, um, well, speaking of movies, we we have some movie talk to share. We'll be right back. Yeah. yeah, because if something actually sees the light of day, it's yeah. a miracle. And there are tons of screenwriters and people working out in Hollywood who make a very decent living without ever having a movie get made yeah. or a TV show get made. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's just, you know, they keep on doing the things and the deals. And I could see this Virgil Wander. I was like, I could see this being a movie. I don't know what what's the Minnesota Film Board, if we have, I remember... Uh, Governor Palenti do nothing, which is what I like to call him when he cut away all the money that the film board had for rebates and stuff. The last yeah, the snow bait, the is snow, snow bait. bait. Yeah. Because remember we how many we had a ton of movies in the nineties yeah. that were filming, and the last movie that filmed here that I can think of off the top of my head, a big ish movie, is Wilson with Woody Harrelson. Yeah, and I watched and part a, part of that movie. Yeah, a couple but, years but ago. like a big budget one might have been that uh, the one Kevin Spacey Iron Will or whatever Iron the Will. Disney. Oh, yeah, because that, that was, was a, a Disney, and they were up there for like three months. Yeah, yeah, well, that and the Mighty Ducks and Jingle All the Way. Way yeah, Fargo. So there used these. to be, and this is such. I mean, I just wish that that would. Maybe it'll come back or whatever, but there's so many people who are talented in that business of, you know, just with the theater community that it would translate. Anyway, I could see this being something like, you know, Robert Redford could produce. and Oh, yes, of course. The the one thing that this book reminded me of just a a little bit was the movie Majestic with Jim Carrey, where Jim Carrey's character... he runs the movie theater. He runs the movie theater, and his character loses his memory and finds himself in a small town. Yeah. And then he finds himself running the movie theater. Other than that, they don't have much in Common. But there was that one aspect of that. Yeah, that and that is just one thing that spins off into all these other stories because right. the town is trying to figure out how to keep their town going and all the different ways that people make a living, you know, living year round on the North Shore. Mm-hmm. So anyway, all right. So Donnie, did you ever find our other song that Christine? Uh, yeah, no? I'm just too not, many dirty words. Yeah, fine, I'm that's a little. Fine. Uh, let's not. Okay, let's not. <laughs> yeah. We won't. That means yeah. we'd have to hit the dumb we button. We won't. Yeah. Unfortunately, Better we're not going to be able sorry. to do that. Yeah. Okay. So us weekly does have. So the Brad Pitt. I really am going to tell because I love to talk about this when Julie's gone. Just like she loves to talk about it when I'm gone because she's back to believing. 
that, you know, uh, mean, bitter Angelina is parental alienating the kids from Brad Pitt. And I am of the opinion that Brad Pitt is the one who alienated himself from his wife and his kids by being a mean, drinking, pot-smoking man every day of their life I'm with you, Lori. Yeah. I think it was all his behavior that led to the situation that we find ourselves in today. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm anyway, and and he's he's taken ownership of that in that one interview, but yes, I have not liked how his team has tried to smear Angelina Jolie, and I think that's one reason why she fired her lawyer, Laura Wasser, who is a big buddy of Harvey Levin and leaks like a sieve to TMZ when it helps her achieve something mm-hmm. in a divorce. And she's very, very good at no, celebrity yes, divorce. She is. But she's not Angelina's lawyer anymore. So the custody hearing begins in two weeks, December 4th. Yeah. Not that either Julia I have it on her calendar. No. So. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> okay. Now, there was gossip a couple weeks ago that... That's the court date. That's the but court that date. Brad and Angelina, the lawyers are meeting. the lawyers are meeting, and they may try to do something before the court date happens in December. They want to come to. That's what they would like to do. And now, Us Weekly has gotten a nice little tidbit from oh. Brad Pitt's lawyers oh, about that Brad just wants the war to end, and that he's made a desperate plea to Angelina for them to settle the custody battle out of court because he's so oh. worried about the psychological damage to the. Uh, children and a source close to Jolie, probably her lawyer, says they're working together to reach a settlement outside of court, but she is not backing down mm-hmm. from what she wants out of custo- the mm-hmm. custody, which is basically, I think, she's the main custodial the person yeah. and you yeah. get them every you, other weekend. Right. And, and you right. get to visit. Right. Yeah. So anyway, and I think that, I think that someone's lawyers... Brad Pitt's lawyers have started to prepare him for the idea that the custody hearing will not go his way. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not, it seems like that's their big fear, Team Brad Pitt, at the moment. Because I get that. If they're trying to convince us that Brad cares so much about the psychological well being of his kids, and maybe for the past two and a half years, he shouldn't have been smearing. Via tabloids, page six, TMZ, and Us Weekly, Angelina, because his kids are 17, 14, 13, 12, and 10. Ugh. You know, so right? So you'd be aware of that. Well, the internet age and all of that. I right, mean, yeah. he, if I'm just saying that he's. He hasn't stopped his team from smearing. He did his mea culpa in GQ, and he he said, it was my fault. He doesn't admit what happened on the plane, but he said, you know, yeah, I was drunk and stoned every day, you know, since I was uh, 23 years old or something like that. I do feel like Angelina's lawyer has put the fear of God into Brad Pitt's lawyers, and that Brad Pitt's lawyers also know based on preliminary what the child custody evaluators right. might be right. saying. Well, it seems like and it Angel- might be that the kids are saying, Mom, we like living with you and visiting Dad. That could very well be the case. It seems like Angelina totally has the upper hand on this, though. She does. She, she does. does. She does. So, anyway, by the way, um, at least Donnie and I looked at it. We posted it for you. Anna Hathaway and Matthew McConaughey are in a thriller. Mm-hmm. 
coming out January 25th, so that date oh, always so makes me. Yeah. But they're re they're reuniting with Christopher Nolan, and the movie's called Serenity. The trailer looks good, so yep. it looks maybe it could be a January hit. Yeah, maybe it will be. So take a look at that trailer if you want. We'll be right back.